Hey everyone, welcome to Homestyle Table Talk. I'm Duncan. And I'm James, and welcome to a fireside chat with a couple amateur experts. You're listening to season one of Homestyle Table Talk, where our discussion topic is art. If you're interested in more content, you can follow us on Instagram at htt.pod. Or you can go to our website at httpod.fyi to check out our blog, our story, and our merch. A special thanks to the West Coast Feed for hooking it up with our soundtrack for the podcast. Head to your nearest music streaming service to check out the rest of their tracks. There was one thing that I tied around at the end. I like had this like really nice way of tying it, putting a bow on it. Yeah. And I felt like, wow, are you great conversationalist, James? (laughs) Just can't wait for that one to be shipped off and the scouts to see you and your conversationalist skills. Yeah, the podcast scouts. The podcast scouts, also known as the reviewers. If you're listening to this podcast and you haven't given us a five-star review or a four-star review, hey, you know, we get it. Um, would you please review our... Yeah, we get it. We're only three stars. Yeah. Would you please review our podcast on Apple? Yeah. Or whatever platform you're listening to it on. It just Can you review all... things on... Or rate things on Spotify? I've not I've not even seen anything about that. You can definitely rate things on the different ones, like Pocket Cast or... Yes. Anchor, Rocket Cast or... Pocket Cast. There's Pocket Cast. There's also Rocket Rocket Cast. Cast. Yeah. I, I don't know about that one. Maybe. I don't know if we're on that one. I think we are. Oh. Yeah. Well, Homestyle Table Talk. Homestyle Table Talk, episode nine. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Cancelled Plans Candles, a relatable scented candle. A few friends of mine started a company and they uh, are selling candles and they have such relatable scents as student loans, French exit, social anxiety, do not disturb, 90s baby, and you guessed it, Cancelled Plans. Um, this is an unpaid plug, by the way. <laughs> Just mention that in there real quick. Yeah, and every episode we do a fireside chat, as we call it, next to a candle. And this this candle is really tickling my nose hairs. And so I'm a, I'm a fan of French exit. In, all, in the best way. In the best, in the best of ways. And I think that I love the idea of Cancel Plans and it being a relatable candle company. I feel like mm-hmm. it's very, like in a way, like making a, a play on the fact that candles are so often very pretentious. But also it it really does bring it down to earth and... And it's not like, I think some, oh, this will get back into a conversation. I feel like some candles are just so punchy that they're trying to like make a point hmm. rather than be comfortable. And this is a yeah. very comfortable candle. It's super comfortable. Very, um, I wouldn't use the word subtle, but it's just very pleasing. And it's funny, the whole canceled plans thing, it kind of, I don't know if this was the idea behind it, but like candles aren't to go. Like you have no. to, you have to be in a location oh, in order yeah. to like enjoy a candle. And almost all the time you're like at home. When you're enjoying candles. I mean, like, especially scented candles. There's not very many opportunities for scented candles out and about. That's that's really true. And I I guess guess when I think of candles, sometimes I have anxiety about starting a candle. uh, Because Mm. I know that you're supposed to let the candle melt all the way to the edges. Before you do anything else. Yep. So I often don't even start a candle because I'm like, oh, before I can even let this go out to the edges... I have to leave my house. I have to do something. Yes. But, That's why I have not started this candle in particular um, until tonight. And I knew that we would be sitting here long enough for it to burn burn all the way to the edge. So Totally. But I think, I think even the idea, there's canceled plans. Yep. Don't worry about it. Yep. Just let it burn all night. Yep. I'm in. So you said that your punchy comment related to what you wanted to talk about tonight. What What do you mean? What's, what's that about? I meant it like goes into a larger, larger conversation. I think... We've been talking in like kind of sideswiping themes of modernism 
and different different themes that have been like well people are just trying to make a point or they're slapping us in the face or or they're not really trying to be relatable or they're just doing it for instagram traps or or something like we've been talking about these different ideas throughout and i i think that candle making certainly has to be an art that we yeah i'm I'm sure i've never thought of before but (laughs) but i would say so often i i like sniff a candle and it's like Oh my! Why are you oppressing me? And it's like, <laughs> and it's it's just like you're you're coming after me so hard. Like you're trying to make a point of like this is what citrus smells like when it's burning. Oh, interesting. And you're like, I, I feel like this is like no, I actually want to smell this. Like I want to yeah. hang out with this candle. Yeah, that's interesting. It's it's almost like a we don't have to prove the point. Like like a, a good totally. candle doesn't have exactly. to prove that it knows what whatever it is smells like. Totally. Dang. I like, like that. I like that kind of connection. Like, I, I, I smelled one as bourbon, and you're like, oh my, <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh, oh for sure. I've definitely been in Am the I candle in Kentucky aisle. right now. Like, oh my gosh, that's not the point. I've definitely been in the candle aisle with with some fragrances that are like, oh my gosh, like just it's so it feels it's very assaulting almost. It's like who would ever burn this? And it's usually like a hazelnut something or other, right? And it's like wow, just make come on people, scale it back. We, yeah, like, we we don't need this. Yeah. Actually, no one asked for this. <laughs> no one asked I promise for you. Yeah, I wonder what the... I, actually, what's funny, they, I mean, you, you got to know they do some sort of either market research or whatever, so I wonder how they do in different, like, testing scenarios. Maybe there are people out there who just love being assaulted by hazelnut. You know, who knows? My brain just stopped because I, my brain, there's, like, this empty um, clearance candle department somewhere stacks of unwanted unused or maybe they just melt them down again they're like no one's gonna know <laughs> i don't think i've ever even considered at length the the art and science of candle making i know i think that's what's so cool about this podcast as we've come back to time and again is that it gives us an opportunity to dive into and dive deep into the arts of things that we've never even really considered before or I haven't considered before. Oh, for sure. And so to sort of segue as smoothly as I can into what we're going to be talking about this episode, we mentioned something at the end of our, our recording that went haywire at you know, a couple of weeks ago. Um, I mentioned something that you and I were both really surprised by. And that was sort of this idea that art and science have a very interesting relationship to each other. Because as we've as we've previewed a little bit, season two is going to be about science, and we're really excited about the conversations to come for that. Um, but th- in sort of a transitional type of way, how can we start thinking about art and science together? And we both kind of came to the realization that while we think of art and science as being very separated, sometimes they're actually very in- interconnected. They're absolutely interconnected. Um, even with this idea of candle pouring and candle wax, like I think trying to separate out the fact that like oh one is art and one is science or it's like no this is chemistry and this is like yeah bringing like the chemistry LOL. of smells together with like other things yeah. and it's it's like wow this is actually like a very impressive blending and it takes oh a lot yeah, of yeah, yeah technical tools in order to execute like really well like you have to be able to technically understand what happens in a candle like smell when it's burning whatever to execute it well and so i was led to this idea in this question for duncan as someone that is is more scientific minded as I'm trying to like really relate to the things that he's doing, really relate to the things that he's producing and creating of, of, of this, this idea of, of the different elements that he incorporates. And so Duncan, like which elements do you incorporate into your art that is technical mm, that allows yeah. the world to blossom 
because you employ these technical elements really, really well. Yeah. And I think I've talked about this a little bit before, but let me just make sure I'm understanding the question. So you're, you're asking what, what kind of scientific perhaps, or more technical things do I bring into my art making that, that help me achieve what I want to achieve? Yeah. Oh, okay. Totally. So I think I might've talked about this before, and maybe if this is just me remembering the, the episode that we, um, that we goofed on the few weeks ago, but one of the things that I think about a lot is the, the use of multiples of 10 when I design. Um, I, it's funny. I, I've sat, like sat over images the, or like the increments of 10. So like, hmm. um, if I'm, if I'm making a shape, I don't make a box that's 15. Well, that's even, uh, I don't make a box that's 13.642 by 13.642. I make one that's 10 by 10 or 20 by 20 or hmm. whatever. Yeah. I said, I have sat over the shoulders of some of my friends or peers or whoever and watched them design things. And this is just me being a little bit compulsive with my, um, with my need for, for things to be even. Right. And for me, it's more of a repeatable thing, which is kind of that scientific element of it needs to be uh, observable, testable, whatever, repeatable, yeah, right? right? That, yeah. that in order for you to come up with a scientific conclusion, um, it has, you have to be able to repeat your experiment because if it happens okay. once, it's like, well, we don't know how it happened. Okay. So, so like for me, you use tens, like what, what's an example outside of like making a shape or a box or yeah. how does that work? So it, actually what's funny is m multiples math is found in art all the time, like constantly. Um, there's the photographic principle of the rule of thirds and there's also like the golden ratio which I couldn't tell you off the top of my head what exactly it is. I think it's 1.6 something or other. Yeah. Um, but it, it really is more about, it's it's like a mathematical balance is usually vis visually pleasing as okay. well. Okay. So, um, and the same thing happens kind of in, in music, which is something I'm learning, I've been del delving into recently is the, the science of sound. Yeah. And it's, uh, octaves are multiples of, a frequency yes, um and it's totally it's, I, I think i believe it's a doubling of a frequency uh, -huh. uh taylor if you're listening out there taylor's my mentor for sound if if you're out there and i got that wrong i'm sorry um i'm, I'm trying you should, um, right. you should be right <laughs> i i believe i'm correct sorry duncan that's actually incorrect oh. it is a multiple of the fundamental frequency not always the double so the first the learning second new things every day will be a double of the fundamental frequency but the rest of them will just be multiples of it oh that makes sense. Thank you, James. You're welcome. The point being that mathematical relationships usually tie into visual harmony. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And as you were saying, audible harmony. Yes. Cool. Uh, most sort of aesthetic things. So like even candle pouring, if we'll bring that back. Okay. Um, you know, the ratio of, of you know, oils and, and, and things. Because if you blend certain things together at way different ratios, right, you're going to get totally different notes in the fragrance and and, totally. and whatnot so so all of these all balances help to create something that's aesthetically pleasing whether yeah. that's sound or sight or s smell okay yeah um how do you like what do you do to like incorporate balance into your, your work like say um you're gonna make a poster mm -hmm. in five minutes like what are the first <laughs> like couple things that you do to incorporate balance into your visual well, hypothetically, if I had the content that I knew I sure. was going to put on it, totally. then the, the, the first thing that I would think of would be typographic hierarchy. 
And so I would have my headline, subtitle, and um, and body information. Okay. And again, what one of the pretty common ways of making hierarchy like that is doubling. So if your if your headline is fifty, then your sub subtitle is going to be twenty five. Okay. And then your your body can be twelve or twelve and a half. Doesn't really matter. But um, but sometimes you can even do like fifty and then thirty and then ten. Yeah. Something just some. Right. But the contrast between them has to be enough that that it looks good but even even those steps 50 30 10 are a, a block of 20 between them yeah so there's balance in the scaling of it and and that translates into a visual harmony that most people don't know that it's going on or that they, they couldn't express it but they know that it looks better than like a 50 a 38 and then a 10 right it would be like, like there's some sort kind of, of off the thing that i think is so interesting in this conversation about artists using scientific measurements to like sound good or looked good or have aesthetically pleasing things is like yeah. it feel it feels like artists are like very ahead of the curve in in understanding like these scientific elements because like with with an octave ah octaves like, yeah. like musicians first heard it and first understood like this sounds good this resonates yeah and it, was, it wasn't some sort of scientist being like oh there's a fundamental frequency it's like yeah somebody hit a c chord and it was like that was absolutely perfect yeah like, stunning and so i think there was there's this thing that as you as you're talking about design i'm really reminded of this one like image like the starry night <clears throat> okay you're familiar with the star i night? am familiar van gogh yes van gogh yes like a very like important, impactful, almost like everyone has seen this in yeah. some sort of art class. Or on a mug or what <laughs> anything, a calendar. Yeah, I've seen it in all of those places. Yeah. Um, and there's this really in interesting scientific principle that the Starry Night depicts perfectly. Huh. Um, it's called tumultuous flow. Whoa. Um, which is like a very <laughs> cool word. And in tumultuous flow is what happens when like... Mm, how do I describe this? It, tumultuous flow is this really complicated idea okay. that people weren't able to depict very easily when they were studying physics and science. Like they didn't oh, understand okay. how flow worked very well. Um, there's a very easy thing called laminar flow. It's like when flow is working. Yes. Um, I've seen videos of like water coming out uh -huh. of, of like a pipe or something. And it's just perfect. Per it looks perfectly still. It, it yeah. It looks perfectly still. The opposite of that is tumultuous flow. Okay. So tumultuous flow is like when water is coming out and it's like swirling around. And it's all crazy. And it like, is it this swirling? Is it even though? Is it like, okay. No, like it, it could not. be even, it could not be even. It's like, it's all of it's math that is like trying to describe how things actually work in nature that makes like how sense. water like even if it is even it's like it's way more complicated than we yeah. even are able to do yeah and so for like years and years and years people weren't able to depict it and then someone who was doing math about it looked at the starry night by vincent van gogh and was like yeah that guy got it wow like, that guy did it and it was like years later i think this was in the like the mid to late 1900s that they discovered that wow okay. vincent van gogh had almost a perfect understanding of tumultuous flow fascinating Th things you don't learn in art class which is weird yeah no this is this is only stuff that you learn in physics class <laughs> okay did you is did you cover that in physics class yeah we 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 had an opportunity to go and and research and discover okay how different things in the world impact like physics was involved in oh, okay them. and so it, we i like found this video that was perfectly describing like 
Van Gogh in tumultuous flow. And it wasn't a conspiracy theory video. It wasn't like, did Van Gogh have a mind bigger than the, no, it was just like trying to say like, oh my gosh, this artist had this, this understanding and this vision yeah. of how things worked. And as we're talking about this thing of, of these tools that you as an artist use, I was just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like there's some sort of decoding that's happening in there in the, the brain of an artist that is like helping describe and break down the world in a way that's digestible. Yeah. And so I was like, oh my gosh, Vincent Van Gogh did it so well back in the day. That's and we've so all cool. seen this image. It's like this, like, oh, it's like this beautiful swirl of like stars. And we think like, it's very inviting and wonderful. Like, huh, but, it's chaos. <laughs> yeah, it's chaos. But it's like, no, this is actually like perfect. Wow. Physics. That's really interesting. I think it, that kind of to me brings back this idea that like we talked about it we mentioned it a little bit when we were recording originally but i i feel like a lot of people and i think myself i've fallen into this idea at some level as well is to say that art is often behind science mm. a lot of people like to kind of think of science as like the champion of of the world and mm. and and that it it makes the progress and then everything else follows but i think um, and maybe that's just short-sighted of me. Maybe, maybe I haven't, uh, maybe I'm alone or, or, or we are few who think that, but yeah, but I feel, I, I don't know. I feel like it's not that outlandish to say something like that. Totally. Um, because science is really impressive and, and like art, you know, it's, it's so nebulous sometimes. Totally. And it even, it, art really values stuff that's old. Um, oftentimes, like oftentimes yeah. there's like this glorification of, well, this is from, 1100 sure so this is like yeah and beautiful yeah. and like if you tie especially if you tie that into like museums right? right displaying things that are that are ancient but in terms of art and science it's interesting that um a lot of technological advancements are made because people are trying to fulfill the wishes of things they saw either either that they saw or that they even created themselves through artistic expressions oh yeah so we brought up things like like star trek star wars yeah the flip um, phone or the yeah, screen tv holograms or teleportation devices that we don't have Cam yet. like a uh, uh, cameras in screens came from fahrenheit 451 oh yeah yeah um and yeah even just anything um choose your even like choose your dystopian novel um, or your um, sci-fi movie, oh, right? Totally. There's you, Back to the Future, right? Has um, you know hoverboards and self-tying shoes and hover cars and holograms and all that stuff. Yeah, we did get self-tying shoes. We did a little bit ago, uh, I believe. Hover. We call a bunch of stuff hoverboards. That's yeah. That's not. And honestly, <laughs> like it works pretty much as good as his did. They're trying. Yeah. It well because it doesn't it lose uh, doesn't his lose power over water or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. Which would happen if yeah. you drove your hoverboard into the water. You'd, yeah. You'd lose, you'd lose it. power. <laughs> power. <laughs> um. So yeah, I, yeah. It was just an interesting thing that we that we brought up and we kind of had that. I had that personally. I had that realization that, dang, maybe I've been looking at it backwards. Maybe I've and not that every technological advancement is inspired by science because there's so many things that we discover that's like oh shoot like that i don't think anybody ever had ever thought of it like that or like totally. how do you depict an atom without or, you know photographing it or whatever scanning it right um have you ever heard of a quantum computer yes i have yeah that stuff is like crazy no one thought of that <laughs> yeah um you know until they started ideating about quantum whatever then right. they started to do like then they started to do depictions of what it might be or could look like but there are and i think this is again part of the balance of it there are so many things that 
that science discovers even think about interstellar right it's like mm. well okay there are these things called black holes okay great let's depict it yeah and then there's all this discussion about oh that's probably the best depiction we've ever seen of what a black hole looks like and even the best interpretation artistically of displaying the effect yeah. of a black hole oh, on totally. individuals because they it's hard to understand the whole observer thing yeah. until you're telling a story about these this crew that splits apart one of them stays out then the others go into the black hole or very near the event horizon mm -hmm. and they experience time hours mere hours and he they come back and it's what like 38 years go by something like and that. homie's got a beard yeah. and it's like that artistic expression of what this scientific you know discovery is what what the effect of it has on the observers it brings it into a whole new light for everybody involved everybody watching it everybody who's understanding it and um, everything that science discovers helps art be better and i think a lot of the things that art brings up helps science to progress totally yeah and i, I think as i think about this idea more and more i'm just fat like really caught up on the idea that that there is like somewhere in the brain of an artist an ability to decode the world and like put it back together in a way that that can be visually displayed so whether it's like taking to scientific discoveries and putting it back oh, in a way that's like yeah. digestible yeah but there's there's something about like i can hear it's like i don't know this is fictional story but like august rush is this fictional story about a prodigy who's like able to listen to different sounds in the world and create amazing symphonies about yeah it. it's a and great movie it's it's a great like heartwarming tale yeah but also like he it shows him like listening to the way that like people walk on the street and they like mm. he hears like grasses rushing and yeah he's, like, he like creating in his head like oh there's these like different elements of like chaos mm. but like i can synthesize like synthesize them in a symphony mm. and like it becomes something that's digestible yeah and so it's just i i'm i'm really fascinated by this like there's something happening in there that like when when you're really trying to depict something powerfully it's able like the artist whoever it is maybe you're an artist maybe maybe me as someone that's not doesn't consider themselves that artistic is able to do this too but there's something there's something captured um when someone really tries to decode and re-explain the world maybe i love what you're talking about with the decoding thing where art is able to communicate certain scientific things in a way that you know the layman can understand yeah and i think that you know while there's these stages of of development where you know it starts as maybe an artistic idea like in um i'm thinking of star trek where there's a holodeck i can't remember i think it might be the next generation one of the series um they they go into the holodeck and they they recreate i think it was like a crime scene or something sure sure so so then we develop augmented and virtual reality systems you've got you know oculus and whatever else is out there oculus right. is the big one but and then you get something maybe like and so technology provides that and then we start using it and then we use art like a movie to to describe maybe the dangers or the drawbacks of that and i'm thinking ready player one. Oh, okay like okay the cycle okay yeah so like Talk a cycle it, of yeah. like artistic ideation technological fulfillment and then back to the art artists to say wait this could be dangerous this could be like um this could be detrimental to us or to to kind of take it to its fullest extent yeah to like play that movie out figuratively and literally like yeah, play the metaphor out for totally us. right because sure. like you know we already see the effects of of technology on society and how you know people are consumed with their devices already so if we're providing more and more realistic opportunities for them to um 
engage with people digitally as opposed to in person. Yeah. You know, what are the drawbacks to that? But what are the what are the positive things to that? Right? Like yeah. you, you see the, the main characters of Ready Player One forming relationships with each other and never having met. Right. And they deep these deep bonds because they fought together and whatever. And so like that's not necessarily negative. Could be actually quite positive, right? Where you're like yeah. feel linked to a human being. But I it's funny to me because I feel like Ready Player One is a lot more like the Matrix than people are talking about. Okay. Where I've Okay. Have you seen The Matrix? I have seen The Matrix. Okay. Love The Matrix. I believe all three of them are on Netflix, so we should hit that up at some point. Of course. I feel that it, that in a way, Ready Player One, in the sense that everybody's plugged in and experiencing life in the digital realm, is is eerily and weirdly oh, no, like yeah. The Matrix. Because The Matrix is all this like punk sort of... 90s thing going yeah. on and people are like oh it's like a weird movie and it's got all these lofty philosophical Trinity and neo and yeah, yeah. and yeah. I, it really gets Morpheus. wrapped around its axle in the third one where they bring in the what's his name the architect and he starts talking about using all these really long words to describe basically like there's multiple matrixes and you're not the first one and you have to make a decision to save zion right this is nerd talk real quick but he it basically gets all wrapped around and 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 confusing, and people kind of reject the Matrix as a, a series because it's like it's it's a little slow and it people don't really see the point. But sure. people like Ready Player One because it's like oh like totally I could see us playing games like that. Yeah. But I ha I feel like in a way they have a similar message. They do. Where it, how much of the real world are we losing by being so enveloped in the digital world? Yeah. So and I I don't have a conclusion um to that idea and i think the conversation still needs to happen and um, but it is just something on my on my mind that i'm like huh i'm thinking that this fun 80s inspired movie about gaming yeah. is very interestingly similar to this movie about like the future of humanity and robots and totally artificial intelligence and i even think that so to take your idea one step further okay there is this cycle of like the f the idea about what the future will be like maybe yep. and the fulfillment, fulfillment of it yeah. with technology and like re-ideation fulfillment and maybe the matrix was made before the technology got close enough so like matrix standalone great yeah 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 but like the technology wasn't close enough to virtual reality that like they couldn't ideate out further like even what it would look like to be in the matrix yeah it was like not specific not yeah. as specific as like gaming which yeah. is the, like the primary use for vr right now totally and so maybe or at least in maybe as experience. vr actually gets to a place more similar to ready player one or even what it will be like not necessarily re like ready player one sure then there'll be a further even ideation of that, that the artist tells us like oh watch out the future will be like this and it will yeah. be a different interpretation but it will it'll maybe even have the similar like oh my gosh like this reminds me of matrix this reminds me of ready player one this reminds me of like 1984 and it's oh, just like yeah, a yeah. different but like each generation of the artist like tells us even more about what the future is going to be like because it's yeah. more specific yeah Totally. And I feel like we just see it everywhere. I mean, I feel, again, kind of pick your dystopian movie or novel or whatever it is, and you'll see warnings about either technology or society um, that, that art is trying to convey to us on a large scale. So I'm, I'm even thinking one of my favorite movies is V for Vendetta. Okay. Um, and, you know, again, kind of where this censorship and, and state laws and whatever what the extent of that is and, right. and how you can get this really sort of fascist thing going on. Um, and it, so, so basically not only is it warning us about technology, it's warning us about society, it's politics and it's warning. Um, it, it, it's, it's 
it's projecting into the future um, both positive and negative possibilities. Totally. Sure. Which I, I, I think that's, that's art's superpower is it allows us to communicate things potential that we um, otherwise might not see, which reminds me. Yeah. Okay. Of something that I mentioned at the very end of last <clears throat> of the last our our previous recording that messed up, which I think we can talk about in episode ten, which is the sure, punks. The punks, like like you got punked, Ashton Kutcher style, or like <laughs> is there some other type that I'm not thinking of? I am thinking of steampunk, diesel punk, cyberpunk, and the other punks that I'm not necessarily. Okay. As familiar with. Sure. But if you're not familiar with these, the punks, they are artistic representations of possible futures that could have happened had certain technologies taken over oh produ my. production. I didn't, I didn't realize that that's what that was. Yeah. So that's at least my, my attempt at explaining what it is. Yeah. So like steampunk, for example, is the exploration of a future or a time period where steam and clockwork are the technologies that that prevailed and were the the most sought after. Interesting. Diesel punk, kind of similar, but it has a different aesthetic. It has, right. you know, because people always want to like segment and be like, oh well, let's do this thing, but slightly different. Yeah. You know, so diesel punk is similar, where um, steampunk has leather and copper as kind of the main materials around. Diesel punk has like steel and like like black leather not rather than like brown leathers um wow. and it's got like a lot of gas masks and um and and cyborgs that that are like diesel driven it's very hard hardcore and, yeah. and cool okay cyberpunk which actually is probably the closest thing to what we are in right now of course is all of these things like blade runner and I, Star Wars might fit into that. Star Trek. Um, those are more like distant future things. So it's kind of hard to tell whether it's like an anticipation of what we're already into. Right. Okay. But cyberpunk being, you know, all of this sort of edgy, like, you know, uh, shave, you know, shave half your head and you've got like digital tats that like light up and your cell phone is oh, in your hand okay. and okay. like all of these crazy things. And, you know, like all of the fashion is very, very forward and, um, you know, clear umbrellas and you know, right. just these, okay. cool, but everyone yeah. has them. And, and again, flying cars and it's very, it's all digital. Sure. Sort of to tie the bow on that art being a, an avenue to explore possibilities, to explore potential and, and, and what the future could be or could look like or could have looked like, which I think that to me is really that's interesting. That's a cool game to play. It's it, like, what yeah. could have happened if this, if this thing was played out to its fullest extent? Yeah. And in a, in a sense, it's, it can be really a waste of time to say, well, what could have happened? However, I think as an artistic pursuit, I would argue that there's very little time wasted in, um, in representing that as an artistic expression of this is cool and and how how cool is that and 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 play at almost controlling what technology is and 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 what and world building because i think in in a sense we all kind of want to do that i yeah i i'm i'm very interested to learn more about it and think think more about even the the idea of what could have been and and explore that and, and learn from you i'll, I'll yeah. coming prepared for next week well, and we can bring in some some specific examples, yeah, some, let's do some it. more examples. I just was trying to do that off the top of my head, but but yeah, it is interesting. I I just again, I love the power of art to represent 
potential. I think that that's, um, and I th even think science, I think most human pursuits are going after what could be. Shoot, that got deep, <laughs> but I'm into it. Thank you so much, Duncan. That was, that was really insightful. Yeah, I had a good time. It was, uh, it, it's funny having done an episode and lost it and trying to, in some ways, reconstruct what we were talking about, but also figure out how to have a new conversation about yeah. it as well. And I, I felt like we got really got to have a new conversation. Yes. Yeah. We yeah, definitely brought cool. in things that we hadn't thought of before. And, and I actually think the challenge was, well, we want to talk about these specific things in, in a good segue to season two, but yeah. how do you do that? So thank you so much for joining Homestyle Table Talk episode nine. Um, we're so grateful that you're here and joined us and I hope that you actually go ahead and rate and subscribe and review and even listen to the great music that we have playing yeah let's just do a quick casual shout out speaking of you know the music that we have for our podcast the west coast feed we love you guys we i don't think we could have done this without them honestly i, I mean agree. we would have figured it out somehow but they really just they just gave us such a gift with their music so we hope you guys like that once again canceled plans candles our French exit candle is almost burnt to the edge, so we'll keep it going for editing, but... Yeah, thank you so much to everyone that has supported us along this journey. Um, it, it has taken a village of support to us and um, this beautiful candle and music and, and different people coming alongside of us. So can't wait to see you guys out and about and see you next time. Like a bucket was the size of a bucket, or 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 the is way that they... an actual measurement? No, okay. um, they, they used to do. <laughs> a... <laughs> but a cup was the size of a cup, you know. Sure, you know? Well, there's lots of cups out there. No, there was one cup. <laughs> there was one. Um, so or... the platonic ideal of a cup. Exactly. Oh my gosh. It was like two and a half ounce Dixie cups. Also, <laughs> two and a half ounces. Why would you? Never mind. Um, <laughs> two and a half. <laughs> who who did that? Who thought? Um,